This is episode 349 of the Gold Squadron Podcast. My name is Will. Was that a 380 or a railgun I just called in? Hegwood. And tonight I'm joined by Orion. How does Ability Q stand Zuski? It's something that we've had in the game for, I feel like, before, many years before COVID. I still don't know what, like, Ability Q means and all its steps and judge help. (laughs) How do you win better? Why is Ability Q? We also have James. Thanks, Drax. It's Dune in Time, Ritter. That's right. Uh, Dune 2 out in theaters this week. I got my uh, tickets for Thursday. So, uh, very excited. Awesome to hear. Uh, Before we start, of course, I got to thank the true heroes here of Gold Squadron Podcast. And that is our Patreons. Their largest group of supporters is what GSP does. They get us to events. They keep the lights on, website running, all that stuff. Uh, and we need them. So we have to thank them every time we run one of these podcasts. They get special channels on Discord. They get shareable art on our past projects. Uh, and most importantly, they're getting us to Adepticon and Worlds. So that's, uh, I have to give a big shout out to them. If you want to be one of those contributors, got to check out patreon.com slash gold squadron also speaking of adepticon if you're watching live you better go register for adepticon right now there the time is literally ticking away uh now that uh ryan uh that is for a badge or is it for all events uh, I assume it's events because the note says take a last l- run through through the catalog of amazing events. There are still a few spots left. So, like, if you're watching live and you haven't finalized signing stuff up, you need to do that in, like, the next 45 minutes. I'm going to go check out to see if there's any spots available for that Aerodome tournament. There you go. Uh, if I can figure out how to do that, I will do it. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, for everybody else watching this post live, uh, you're missing out. Though, uh, Adepticon normally lets you sign up for events, though it's much more restrictive when you're at Adepticon. Yeah, uh, there's so. still on-site side event registration, but it's it, it depends on how many people have signed up already, how many people are already in line ahead of you, waiting list, etc. So right. if there's anything no. you want to guarantee yourself you're going to play, make sure you sign up. For any of those listening on the podcast, I hope you signed up for everything you wanted to before you heard this. <laughs> That's all I got for them. Right. Uh, do you have to log in? Is that how that works? I think the easiest way I found to log in is go to your like emails and search for Adepticon in your emails mm. and check your like confirmed thing there's usually a thing that you can like see what you've signed up for it'll ask for the code that's in the email already to log yourself back in automatically you know that makes a lot of sense very smart uh anyways uh we will be very excited for adepticon let me tell you what uh it's also on adepticon news josh taylor a judge at worlds 
has put out a rules clarification and questions submissions form. I'm going to post it in the YouTube video. I'll be on our Discord as well. I think you're just posting it around on Facebook as well. All the channels. Uh, but Ryan, I, I believe uh, you had submitted a question for the judges. Uh, yeah, I did. So as, a, as an example, um, this kind of question came up in a in a game I was playing recently where so we, we have these new Endor pilots and how they interact with the rest of the game. We'll slowly figure out weird corner cases, and this was one of them. So I was flying uh, some resistance stuff with a couple things that had Ferrosphere. And then there were the two new Endor B-Wings on the other side. So this wasn't the exact scenario that played out, but we thought like this would be the most potentially judge-confusing or player-confusing one, where, let's say, Braylon is stressed. So this is... Before start of engagement, Braylon is stressed. Gina is not stressed. Can the player decide, I'm going to have Gina look at Braylon and say, Braylon, are you stressed? That would be a yes. And Braylon is going to lock the ship that has Ferrosphere, which stresses Gina. Can Braylon then look at Gina and say, oh, Gina's now stressed, and then get the focus? Or is there same timing ability queue issues since they're both start of engagement and Braylon like queuing them up? However, how does ability queue, right? Like, I don't know. So can is it a full control of the player order to where Gina can get the stress and Braylon can still get its focus? Or is because Gina wasn't stressed at the start of the start of engagement, would Braylon not be able to get the focus? Anyway. Yeah, it's the whole Ketsu I don't know, so I submitted the question. Again. <laughs> the whole, if, yeah. if they, or the the Anakin uh, before and after he moves thing for the ability queue. Who knows, you know? Really, it takes, it takes, turns out, an expert team of individuals to find out about it. Uh, but yeah, they're doing great. Uh, being able to collect those questions and again i posted them in our twitch chat i'll have them in the video description as well that's very awesome and they do want you to be very it's it's noted in the doc when you look at it they want you to be very detailed use no acronyms or nicknames of pilots or whatever just as plainly as possible try out the entire scenario and what that would mean and like ask the question as uh formal as possible i would say hmm. that's a good way of putting it uh very clear can't not just hey how does the ability queue work <laughs> uh, but that's awesome i like i said I, I like that they're trying to get these questions especially with the battle of endor being released lots of questions you're going to be get, coming up with that uh, it turns out there's like a thousand cards in X-Wing, so I'm sure there will be a strange interaction at some point. Uh, speaking of, though, battle over indoor cards, we are going to be looking at the Sith Taker Open. Uh, this is not a world qualifier. That would, and if It was not an official event. This is just uh, the Sith Taker's community event, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, Sith Taker Open had about 130-some 
No, it, well, the final count on the uh, Academy of Life says 113, but I feel like they had about 10-ish more than that originally signed up. I don't know if some people didn't make it or some people dropped and so take and Academy of Life doesn't show the drop players. But either way, 113 to 120-ish, I think. Uh, that's amazing, right? Like, that's a lot of players uh, to come and uh, battle it out for those bragging rights. I know those guys always put on quite a event. That's why they have become so popular. Uh, why a lot of people want to travel out to it. We're going to be taking a look at the list, though. Let me go ahead and see uh, what the... There we go. We're going to look at the top bracket here. For the players. Uh, first off. Corton. Corinton? I never say it right. But Corinton. <laughs> or something like that. Rue. Rue. Anyway, so the basing player uh, took the top spot at 9 and oh undefeated for the weekend and a very impressive job there so big congratulations to them uh and they did it with some pretty unconventional pilots here uh black squadron aces tie fighters j- un well, unlimited non-limited non-limited pilots out there wow let's take a look at the list uh, so three of those vizier with emperor palpatine vizier is the coordinating uh reaper we have um plasma torpedoes tomax bren that's the one that can bear roll and focus in and lock triple actions there on those plasma torpedoes and then rear admiral Chernow, ruthless darth vader death troopers agile gunner electronic baffle and dauntless pretty classic build in my opinion death troopers and darth vader death troopers prevents you from removing your stress tokens and then because now you can't take any actions or get green tokens normally, Vader's going to hit you for that automatic damage if you're at range uh, 0 to 2 of Rear Admiral Juno. Plus, uh, I mean, free rotates from Agile Gunner. You have actions when you bump through Dauntless. Electronic Baffle. So you could keep that dial open by just taking a damage. So easy. And then the real trick here, though, this is the problem I've had with Rear Admirals, is that it's hard to like double modify your offense, and that's where Ruthless comes in. Hitting either the eight health Vizier or one of the Black Squadron Aces that's at full health really can help put that damage through. Uh, what do you guys think about this triple Black Squadron Ace as a, a, basically a six-point uh, filler in there? I'm I'm surprised to be honest. Um, I I hear Corton's a great player, uh, but man, the yes. <laughs> I I just see like once Rack dies, I feel like that offense drops off massively. I'm I'd be curious to. Like, we probably don't have the the data for it, 
I think Longshanks just shows the final score. And I don't think Roll Better shows this either. But if you could actually uh, note down the split between your objective point score and kill point score and see where the ratio was for quarantine during this event because i don't know how much this list is actually killing 10 or more points of ships with just th with six points of it just being like regular tie fighter lasers and a reaper mm -hmm. at the i2 and like the main damage is coming from rack and tomax but that's just sure. two pretty good shots and that's kind of it so but, right. Uh, I mean, I, I feel it's, like it's, it's not like Horton's be... been playing something like this for a bit a long and has no. uh, <laughs> kind of uh, mastered it to a degree. So awesome. It, it worked. Uh, yeah, I don't know how many events, but I've, this is definitely the um, the second time I've seen them place high with this style of list. I have to imagine like blocking is going to be huge. I do wonder if. Um, I would like to check on where those black squadrons are placed in uh, relationship to rack. Are they like screening for them? Are they a distraction? Do you split them up to go find objectives? So yeah, but... I could I could see trying to get blocks and then stress focusing, and rack just rolls up with death troopers. Like you're not getting rid of that stress anytime soon. Right. I think that the low initiative would actually be a benefit there. Because you want people to take the bump focuses. Yeah. Uh, surprising to me. Probably not surprising to uh, people at the event as they, like I said, had gone undefeated up until... Um, or undefeated during Swiss and then obviously in elimination rounds. So an amazing job uh, with a pretty unconventional list. Not something that is i would say like an empire player's like go-to list like this is uh what we you have to run right though i guess with the bombers getting changed no more saturation salvo we might see more of this popping up uh, yeah looking at uh because uh firecast focus was the uh team that streamed it over the weekend and oh, nice. yes. uh looking at the uh finals game uh those tie fighters look pretty dispersed that being that being said it was assault so mm -hmm. gonna need to be a little bit uh dispersed to avoid uh or to make sure that you get all those objectives sure but i only see like one tie fighter with with rack interesting you know so uh i mean that's pretty pretty that crazy it, i like to your point ryan about like rack is the game. I think I would agree. Like if rack if rack survives, you got a much better chance of winning. The moment rack goes down, you better have all five other ships still on the board to be able to finish the game. So that's... and contributing massively to objectives if yep. the opposing list hasn't already gotten a good amount of objective points either, right? Because mm -hmm. yeah, like. Rack dying, that better be like barely towards the end of the game and you've already won it. Basically, yeah, you've already won and like those seven points aren't going to be the difference of the game. Which is interesting because like we say, we were saying this about like Han as well, but like Rack's got 16 health. So you do need to like offer him up as something to shoot. Yeah, that, that, that health mean, is a resource that you need to use. 
Yeah, he doesn't have barrel roll or boost though either. So like, you're gonna find him. He's gonna show up. Right, he'll be in your arc pretty. Yeah, <laughs> you just also have to like make sure that he isn't in your arc once, right? You don't do a thing where he shows up at like range two or range one of the first engagement because you like barely outside of range three each other, and then he goes fast to close it and then just rushes behind you to leave type of thing, mm. right? You have to not be in that type of situation as best as you can. Yeah. Clutter the and middle I... ward with obstacle with uh, obstacles too to make his life a little more difficult. Yeah, and now he's battleshipping behind you. Yeah, uh, though I think the the death troopers though has to have been playing a huge part in the success of Rack. It's very powerful, so uh, almost a must-have combination for this Rack. Really, rarely see much deviation on Rack builds these days. I occasionally like Tua, but death troopers is just has a larger impact on the board, right? Well, yeah, it can be, like, game-changing. Oh, yeah, I mean, the difference between someone, like, focus bear rolling outside of Rack's arc to blast him range one, like, uh, no, shut that down. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Ryan, you want to take the runner-ups list? Yeah, we have, um, Tom Fieldson, who I believe in Discord uh, posts quite often in the GSP Discord in the resistance section as, as Hallowed, in parentheses he has his name. Um, he was our finalist, running a four-ship resistance list, including Trigger Happy Flyboy Poe, Ray, and two Y-Wings. So haven't seen that sort of archetype in quite a while. He's been playing it a whole bunch, apparently. Ray having heroic, novice tech, rose, fin, engine upgrade, and race Falcon title. Kind of a common gray build. Uh, Poe having black one, uh, proton torps, overdrive thrusters, magpulse warheads, R4, and heroic. So opting for uh, a little bit more flexibility on the munitions Poe brings, just in case Poe needs to use a mag to help him or one of his allies live a little bit longer. Um, and then both the Y-Wings, uh, three-pointers, one is Shaza uh, with wartime, meaning as a standardized upgrade, both are going to have wartime. Dorsal concussion bombs, delayed fuses, and Chorus Capellum with dorsal concussion bombs, and just the wartime loadout. So Saja having the one point left over, for delayed fuses. Um, the Flemings are a lot of health for three points. Um, I mean, I so kind of the same thought process, right? If I look at this list, it's hard to catch that Poe, to be realistic. He's got overdrive thrusters and black one. If he wants to leave, he's going to leave. Those Y-Wings don't naturally deal out a ton of damage. They kind of deny a little bit of space with the concussion bombs. They're not particularly fast unless they start stressing themselves with boosts or barrels. Um, so I feel like if if I was going up against it, my number tar number one target would be Ray. It sounded like Tom, having played this list a lot, and I think someone else who may have made top 16 with the exact same list a friend of his, um, has spent enough time with the list to know that you can't just let Ray show up in the fight as soon as it starts, or has to at least be a little bit careful with her sometimes, and then find the spot to let her pounce. And that may be something he enacted often to make sure Ray didn't get to be an easy target in the beginning. So, 
congrats to him. Yeah, I know he mentioned in a, in our Discord, uh, talking about, and I'll just take a quote here. Uh, Ray is like a rabid dog. You need to keep her on a tight leash until you can unhook her once it's safe for her to go full uh, kill mode on the rest of the game. So I think, you know, that, that, that's a pretty good description of what yeah. uh, the laser There's got to be a balance in that too, right? If you right. leave Ray back for too long, yeah, and you don't let the other stuff threaten enough, then your opponent just starts soaking up objective points or gets into better position. Yeah, or forward, just deletes right? these Y wings. I mean, like they, they are a lot of health, right? They're uh, I think nine health, right? Yeah, they're nine health, but they five, sure do four, just five, take yeah. damage. They do take damage, and especially if they're just taking that one focus, you can definitely uh, blow these blow these Y wings away if you're not being threatened by anything else. So. Yeah, Ray hasn't shown up, and Poe hasn't been. Uh, a, a, if if you're making Poe kind of back off a bit with some ear shots, and there's a Y wing or two there, like you could have a Y wing pretty quickly to tee it up for the next turn kill. Absolutely. But I, I haven't. I didn't get a chance to see any games, so I don't know if any of uh, besides the final. Obviously, Tom was streaming the final. Not sure if any more than just the final. But it would be interesting to see how some of the other players attacked both of these both these uh, top two players' lists with, uh, you know, how they approached Quarantine's list and Tom's list because it seems like both of the big bases are, like, the, the number one targets in the beginning and how both these players mitigated that as best as possible. Yeah, I don't know what the format was, but uh, I think the last game that I saw streamed was against uh, Aurelian Kudre, who we'll talk about later. So I don't know if this was... It's, it had to have been cut, right? Well, there's top nine games. Cut. Yeah, so it was top 16 cut. Swiss. Yeah, top 16. yeah I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure on on that, or if maybe I just missed that last game. But it uh, would be an interesting one to watch if it's available. I thought it was going to be Ray and Poe Falcon, but then I read Overdrive Thruster and <laughs> <laughs> was yeah, very that surprised. Overdrive, that Overdrive Thruster on Poe Falcon would be pretty good. Yeah, cool. Come on. <laughs> what, what would be so bad about it, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. No two, thanks. Two, two bank boosts. <laughs> on my large base? No thanks. Yeah, uh, or the two, that's... the two barrel. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, wow. Uh, no thanks. Um... That would be crazy. Uh, we've seen this a bit, or I've seen this uh, a bit, uh, but from the, oh gosh, I'm not looking, I'm looking at him, um, from our number five spot, so we'll save that. Uh, till we get to there, uh, so let's move on to our number three finisher, James. Yeah, Empire here again. Also has Vizier. This is going to be Chris Black or Silver. I'm not sure if that's their code name, their Discord name, their name tag. Uh, has Vizier with Emperor Palpatine, Tomax Brin, uh, Plasmex version. Vader. This is going to be Starter Pack Vader, so Ion Missile Vader, so Action Vader. And our first instance of a battle over Endor, as we see Colonel Jinden in that TIE Defender. Man, this ship can punch. 
gives gives zero cares for its own safety or health. <laughs> will will do damage. Uh, doesn't care about the rest of it. So, uh, super interesting to see a Battle of Endor ship so high on the the standings here at number at at third place. So great job, Chris. Yeah, if you're not familiar with the Colonel Jendon, that's the I six. They have no escape, so natural rerolls on offense. They have pushed the limit, so they could do those. Uh, what is it? Two K. Hard two and hard one uh, with for a strain instead of a stress. Actually, I believe you can even uh, do it with red actions as well. So that barrel roll into red evade could be a strain, which then you could 4K immediately afterwards. Then uh, proton cans, everyone's familiar with that. And then the computer-assisted handling, which is a one-time afterburners. Though it does allow you to barrel roll as well. Uh, the the pairing of Vizier with this Colonel Jendon just seems like a match made in heaven, right? Uh, yeah. Pre pre positions it, if you need them, evade tokens when you want. Uh, I mean, uh, and plus the force as well. Right. Yeah. The because the problem I feel like the problem I think you and I have talked about this. Uh, or I guess the solution, really, uh, to these to, to these battle over indoor with the, uh, defenders with the Chiss engineering instead of the full throttle, is that they can't get focus evade, which is a good thing. We don't want defenders to have focus evade, but with Vizier, you can get focus evade with that uh, coordinate, and even provides a soft focus mod with the Palpatine. Yeah. Pretty so crazy. If you imagine giving Jenden a barrel linked into Red Evade, Jenden five forwards, uh, acquires or five forward boost with a computer assisted handling, target locks with Chiss Engineering, and then finally perform action focus. Yikes. Yeah. He's coming and then, for it. And then shoots a five die five proton, proton cannon uh, by spinning a shield. So. Yeah, that's yeah. a turn one monster. <laughs> that's a turn one. He could yeah. be covered for yeah. So, yikes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely Just, uh, watch out for this. Uh, these TIE Defenders, and even Volt Scarus as well. And we don't see him as often, but he is also another dangerous turn one defender. True. True. What are you saying, man? I was saying the big thing about this list, though, oddly, not oddly, but if you think about it, <clears throat> If you go up against uh, the, going up against other i6s like if if it's road dependent it's very concerning when vader can't get his lock on an opposing i6 or jenin can't know where your opponent's landing to line up his proton cannon if those two ships end up having to go before two to three other ships in an opposing list you're kind of rolling the dice a little bit on that one right like not, like no pun intended on that. It's yeah. it's a road gamble sometimes yeah. in those situations, and sometimes Jen and Vader show up and don't max out. And it's you know they they commonly do, but sometimes they don't. And sometimes it's against arcs and T seventies that have a lot of or B wings. We'll get to those um, that have a lot of health, and then they shoot. They're like, oh, I didn't kill the thing, but I'm still in an opponent's arcs. Uh oh. 
Yeah, I think there is definitely going to be some push and pull uh, with this list, or with this type of list at the very least, of going aggressive when you can, but staying defensive when you need to with with those Vizier coordinates, or instead of maybe taking a more aggressive approach or attack vector with the two I6s, you maybe uh, peel away and see if maybe you can get someone to chase you. Right. You're Yeah. I we played something very similar to this. Uh, I think I had, what, Soontir, though, instead of Vader? But, uh, yeah, in my games with it, you sometimes have to bail. Like, it, it's not worth... Your big shot isn't worth a big shot onto you when you only have a small ship count like this. So, not I mean, even a big shot coming back. Many solid shots yeah, two coming shots, back. Three right? shots is enough to spook off one of these aces. Yeah. Yeah, especially if Jensen wants to be doing those big attacks, he's going to have to be spending his own shields. Mm -hmm. True, true. I do like the uh, action Vader in this squad. Less consistent on offense, but you get more repositions, uh, like the boost, scenario barrel, actions. target lock, scenario actions as well to keep them <laughs> yeah, in the game. With a, with a four-ship list, and one of those ships is Vizier, who is most likely going to be spending their action on coordinating. Right. Uh, yeah, you're. And then Tomax doesn't Tomax really want to be. <laughs> loves the yeah. barrel roll, focus, uh, right. target lock yeah. as well. So everyone's kind of uh, busy doing the other things. Though Jinden, uh, because they get free locks with that chis engineering, mm -hmm. could be uh, doing a scenario action once in a while, as long as they were, you know, shields up or. Arc dodged, something like yeah. that. Turns out white 4K is pretty pretty great. Pretty great. Uh, you only got to survive one engagement sometimes <laughs> against yeah. other lists. Uh, yeah, especially uh, lists that like to stress themselves on that first engagement. Exactly. Well, let's keep moving, though, because we got a couple more lists to do before we get into our first order uh, game plan. But let's take a look at this First Order squad. Uh, Kylo Ren in the Whisper. This is coming from uh, ter Terminator. <laughs> Terminator. Uh, Green away. Has Kylo Ren, Whisper, Brilliant, Evasion, Instinctive Aim, Concussions, Advanced Optics. Pretty standard build there. Uh, take your focus. Spend your force to shoot the concussion. And then you still have two more force and a focus to modify it with so great efficiency there then this is where it really gets interesting well i'll st i'll gonna say it from null that's the i7 until they're damaged tie fighter or fo fighter because they're this is a, an fo squad but they have swarm tactics and they're going to start a swarm tactics chain uh they could go on to uh both midnight who's got Swarm Tactics and Fanatical, that's the I-6. Uh, and then Scorch, who has Swarm Tactics and Marksmanship. And then they could pass that down to DT-798, uh, who's got the standard Dipirian Power Cells. So they, when they shoot at Swarm Tactics I-7, 
that he can actually take a stress instead of a string uh, to be able to fire off those three dice attacks. Then, of course, Commander Malorus, amazing piece there. Does does need Swarm Tactics, already Initiative 5. But that combination creates either a... Uh, I guess Midnight could swarm up Malorus, though, too, couldn't they? So you could have three shots at I-7, two shots at I-6, and then Kylo finishes it up with a I-5 shot. Either way, very terrifying uh, for to see those TIE Fighters roll up and shoot a bunch of shots at Initiative 7. Could potentially Initiative destroy other I-6s? That's terrifying. I don't know about it's, that. I still, it, I still it, worry. It sounds, it, it sounds scary when you think about how many I-7s there are, but only two of them are going to be three die attacks, whether it's right. DT who gets the I-7, whether it's Malras who, if cluster missiles is set up, would technically be three attacks then because she gets the bonus. True. True. <clears throat> that would be the dream, right? You can cluster missile and still hit I-7 on both. But Midnight and Null aren't exactly powerhouses of shooting. They're two-die FO attacks. Null has no extra modifications, just the token. And Midnight is fanatical and when it loses the shield. Um, otherwise, it's just standard Midnight with either taking the lock or focus. So, I mean, it is still a concerning thing that, like, as your ships get damaged, knowing that there's more of these ships around that can in it kill you, that is the main concern. It's the initial fight where it might actually at times be a detracting factor to like, I'm going to shoot all my stuff first when no damage has been done to my opponent. Spend all the tokens I have to do damage. But then everyone comes back and shoots them later has whatever tokens they have left over from defending, which sometimes can be most of them if they don't roll any eyeballs or they took locks or whatever. Sure. And then they're in, and then some of these ships aren't modded on defense, and then they just damage back. So I, I'd be curious if Tim ever had some first engagements where he chose not to swarm tactics because he wanted to like let DT shoot after everyone already shoot because of the strain, right? Or sure. didn't have Malrus active for the cluster missile, you know, things like that. That is interesting. I think that. A lot of the times we build squads for like that first initial engagement, but these swarm tactics would definitely help in the scrum as well. When you have three of them, well, Scorch, I guess, doesn't really count. When you have two of them out there, you can bump up uh, these other pilots pretty easily. Once you get into that scrum, start shooting those range ones. I really like this list. It's very interesting to me. I wish it had Magpulse on Malorus, but... Especially if you could shoot them at I-6 or I-7. I feel like that would give so much value to the Magpulse. But uh, they didn't apparently need it. Uh, got all the way to the top four uh, with uh, Null of all ships. Very interesting there. Turns out the FO bench, uh, the FO fighter bench goes pretty deep. Yeah, there there is there is no bench. It's just you can't take that many. So some <laughs> have to set it out sometimes. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, that bench is deep. Yeah, no good. Uh, we'll quickly go through Matt Coggins here because they were running the exact same squad 
uh, that Tom was running, uh, the Ray, Poe, Shaza, and uh, of course, uh, Matt, uh, I'm, I believe was running this a lot in uh, the Draft League last season. Unless I'm thinking of a different map, but I'm pretty sure that was the same map uh, that was on uh, the Ascendancy. I was getting a bunch of wins with it. Uh, surprising everybody with these Y-Wings. I saw him doing like big those big 5Ks with them and then set up a bomb drop. Doing like the turrets out the back style. So really interesting to see uh, the, that style of play. Um the the i've i've basically discount or not discounted what do i say written off trigger happy poe dameron as uh not as good as falcon poe but when you're with ray i mean you know, there's only one falcon title so the other big part is we in sto and i think we kind of assume at this point han in rebels will be much less prevalent which was one of the things that could constantly keep a threatening arc on that t70 po mm. and without that han maybe flying around as much True. that poe has a lot more free reign to make other i6s be concerned about trying to chase him down even though they could do pretty good damage to that poe normally because it's just a two agility t70 but he's hard to physically catch with his repositions in black that is a good point that so far no Hans traditionally the boogeyman though I think that's pretty standard for X-Wing if something the moment something gets penalized a little bit nerfed if you will uh, people just drop it and find new alternatives right so well it'll be interesting to see how that affects uh, the meta going forward especially into worlds it's kind of like I think one of the last glimpses of worlds uh competitive list though this is kind of localized to you know european players so we'll see how that compares to uh, what we see at worlds but let's keep moving on uh do you want to take this next first order squad right sure uh we got martin shivers Bring in the uh, Mess of Cluster Missiles version of FO. Um, for those who may not recall, there was a <clears throat> version of FO. Seems to be a little more popular in the European or at least UK area. Uh, which features, we still got our, I would say, our standard Kylo Whisper. The Instinctive Aim, Caution Advanced, Brilliant Innovation, Jamming Suite, etc. We have Midnight with Predator Crackshot. We have Commander Malrus with Cluster Missiles, so not Mag Pulse. And then here's our two-ship combo here. We have Quick Draw with Fanatical, Swarm Tactics, Targeting Synchronizer, and Special Forces Gunner and Fire Control System. Then you have the Whisper Whirlwind with Marksmanship, Fanatical, Cluster Missiles, Advanced Optics, and Enhanced Jamming Suite. So you put Whirlwind... Next to Quick Draw, Whirlwind will engage at I6, and Whirlwind's ability is it's, as when you engage, you may gain a focus token. You may remove uh, some amount of jam token. All your I know the some amount doesn't matter because no matter how many you remove, it's, you can still get as many focus tokens as 
the amount of enemy ships that have you in their front arc in the base version. Okay, you may remove any number of jam tokens, then you may gain one focus token for each enemy ship that has you in its front arc. So, more ships that have Whirlwind in Whirlwind in their front arc on Whirlwind, the more Whirlwind gets focus tokens, meaning the more it's going to really power up those cluster missiles to shoot. And being that it's I-6, can't really hope to kill it or shoot at it before it gets that, those missiles off. So if you want to go kill Quick Draw, you're going to be looking also at Whirlwind. So Quick Draw, though, is most likely going to be taking the lock action because Whirlwind still engages at I-3. So not likely taking a lock with cluster missiles. Whirlwind's just either going to be jamming something, or focusing something, or focusing. Quick Draw is going to paint the target for Whirlwind using targeting synchronizer. Which friendly ship at range, I think it's 0 to 2 or 1 to 2, can ignore its lock restriction secondary weapon on a ship you have locked. So Quick Draw is painting the target with a lock, has fire control system. Quick Draw is very vulnerable in that point. But uh, you better hope that that Whirlwind and Commander Maurus don't, and Kylo Ren and Whisper don't also have you painted as a target on one of your uh, primary ships. So it's a lot of bonus attacks, generally very well modded across the board. Um, the only ship that moves really well, being that it has boost, is Kylo Ren. Whirlwind's not probably boosting too much since Quick Draw is kind of tethering it with Swarm Tactics. But, you know, you can still boost around Quick Draw as long as you end up range one. And a lot of people probably forget you can rotate the turret on the Whisper and still shoot missiles out the back, including the double shooting clusters. All right, awesome to see that uh, classic combination. I mean, we're going to be talking more about FO, so keep these kind of squads in mind when we, uh, when we start breaking down those game plans. James, do you want to take a look at some... Battle over indoor rebels. Yeah, I, I just got the I just got the fun list today. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's, that's that's fine with me. Uh, we have battle over indoor rebels from Craig Farrer uh, from SCX has wedge and Tilly's battle over indoor. Uh, of course, comes with it's a trap predator R two A three for a free lock and advanced proton torpedoes. This wedge is, you're going to see it. So read up on it, know what that R2A3 does and how it can be used. Because as we'll find out in one of our games, it is acquire lock after you do an action. Uh, not do a lock action. <laughs> so definitely it does work on a bump focus actions. So keep an eye out. Uh, Gina Moonsong, this is customizable Gina with the normal loadout of fire control system, proton cannon, and plasma torpedoes. And of course, I've brought her new best friend, Braylon Stram, in the Battle of Endor pack. Has it's a trap, homing missiles, proton bombs, and delayed fuses. Of course, comes with that fun gyro stable or gyro cockpit upgrade to allow those bomb drops to left or right, and or some evades when you gain a stress and Braylon can get a 
focus if Gina is stressed at the start of engagement. So pretty interesting. Once Gina goes down or is separated from Breland, Breland does lose a lot of power. So if you're looking to uh, neuter one of these B-Wings, definitely take a look at taking out Gina uh, before Breland. Also, Gina doesn't have an extra shield. Sabine Wren in the TIE Fighter has Lone Wolf. Uh, interesting. I, I like the Lone Wolf version. I know most people prefer the... The... What is it? Beskar, thank you. But I, I think I prefer the Lone Wolf. Uh, can provide some offense where... Uh, sometimes. And of course we see a Luke Skywalker boy uh, from Battle of Yavin. Bring in that Proton Torpedo and Instinctive Aim, primarily. Those two upgrades. Uh, pretty interesting list. I'm surprised that Craig did so well with two B-Wings, because I have not had... I was going to say, you, you've been practicing much... this a couple times. I tried. I tried so hard to get him to work, but I don't know if maybe it Which, didn't, uh, come, didn't come are naturally. Are you bringing to me. Custom Gina or Endor Gina? I tried both. I think okay. you flew like this exact list against me. I want to say that I did fly this exact one, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right, because we were saying uh, Gina, Gina basically shoots two five-dice attacks, but uh, you lined it's it up perfectly five. and then did yeah. did no damage, which is awful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and Braylon, once Gina goes down or they're separated, like I said, just kind of falls apart. I... I haven't had much success with the B-Wings. As much as I would love, uh, to, to, to my chagrin, I've not, I cannot just get them to work. So maybe I just need more practice, or maybe I need to take a look at some, some footage, see what I'm doing wrong. Sure, sure. I mean, B-Wings are, we'll say, dedicated in their flight pattern. They don't really have a lot of yeah uh, ways to change where from, from your deployment to, like, round three. is pretty set. They don't have... Uh, a lot of maneuverability, or I mean, they they are maneuverable, but they're not quick. They they're do not uh, very, cover a lot of ground. They don't turn around really well. Not effectively. I, yeah, they, I I like their turnarounds, but they're very sharp turnarounds. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're not flying over top of something unless it's already bumped into you. Right. Yeah. There's almost you're almost never getting the that 2K over somebody. Uh, but the one talent, the one talent is cool. And Gina can do it. Huh? Yeah. Uh, any uh, any other no, notes just... here for the, for the bow B-Wings? Uh, I'm impressed. Uh, so, Greg, congratulations, Craig. Yeah, I think sure. we're going to see Wedge uh, taking over like that. Uh, not exactly the same role as Han was playing in Rebel Squad's but definitely his uh, frequency in Rebel Squads is going to take the place of Han's frequency, being like Luke and Wedge uh, coming in uh, in pretty much every squad. I mean, is that really just half of every Rebel Squad, we assume, in the future? Yeah, I only build out 10-point squads now. <laughs> they <just> start with... <laughs> well, eight, because Sabine as well, right? Like, I guess. Uh, you don't need Sabine, but it definitely helps with the squad building. Yeah. Yeah, I 
the weird thing is, I, I think the squad is trying to be two different squads that I like more than this one. Like, I like Wedge, Luke, Fenrao, Keo, Sabine. Mm-hmm. And I like Luke, uh, Endor, Gina, Endor, Braylon, and then fill out your last six points. Keo's one of them, unless you go Bodica and Sabine. Sure. And if you go Keo, you got to figure out the other three pointer, whether it's Hull or Jimmer. Wedge, A Wing, or Jemmer. Yeah. A lot of options there. Yeah. So I see. I see what you mean. Yeah. I feel like kind of because I, I think it's like pe- people are trying considering bringing that four point Gina that we've had all this time to help empower that Braylon. I don't think that Braylon is the feature part of that Braylon Gina combo from Endor. It's that Gina. That five point Gina yeah. hits the like Duke. a truck. The it is quiet. Yeah. Yes. And on top of that, like it's a trap matters. That extra evade token every other round, that matters. Like the I gyro. think there's a reason why that yeah, the gyro, the side bombs. It all mm-hmm. combines to I think making it more it actually a squad point more worth it than the four point Gina. Is it two squad points more to have an effective Breland? No, we don't go that far. We want oh, the extra no. shield. We want the it's a trap. We want the side <laughs> bombs. We want there's so much those Endor B wings get over the custom B wings. It's laughable, honestly. Yeah, I guess that is true. Like Braylon's a custom ability is just so good. It's hard to look at this Braylon and be should... like, oh, you get one. Well, you focus. should be getting this, this Braylon kind of gets it with it's a trap, right? Mm-hmm. At least on the approach. I guess so. Yeah. It's and just the buddy you don't system, have to though, is the the problem it, I've have with uh, the. I think with buddy system is like you already want to like be together so that you're jousting good, so that anything that lands in front of you is scared to be in front of you. Essentially, it just add mm-hmm. Luke to that joust and you go deal with this. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, it's, and then it's... and then don't forget about Wedge coming down on your, well, on your flank. You can't take Wedge if you take the custom. Oh yeah. The, take right, take yeah. this the starter Gina. So, yeah, then you just that's why Luke. I like you just upgrade it... Luke to man Luke. No, do five no. ship okay. or four ship? No, yeah. four ship. No thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, here to take a or Sabine. Uh, well, we're gonna do a whole episode on the scariness of how to deal with these rebels uh, in a couple weeks. So, um, a lot more to talk about on that. But let's finish up this top eight. Uh, with a Republic squad. Who is it on? Is it on me? It's you. It is on me. Okay. Uh, pretty straightforward squad here, except for um, a customized snuck in. So uh, this is a six ship, two torrents, and two Y wings. That's Axe and Kickback SOC. They're like the heavy hitters out there for SOC torrents. Actually, I think they're the only SOC torrents. Is that right? Is there one more? Uh, no, it's just kickback and axe. There you go. Uh, then, of course, it's not a Republic squad uh, without Oddball out there. Uh, by the way, this is coming from Mike H. By the way, I don't think I said their name, but Mike H. Got into the top eight uh, with this squad of clones. Uh, so, what I say, the two torrents, kickback, axe. We got Oddball. You know there's going to be a second arc in there, but this one's customizable. Woof. 
It has Marksmanship, Veteran Tail, R4P, and Synchronized Consult. That R4, R4P, so valuable. Potentially more valuable than the Born for This that the SOC Wolf could provide. It is interesting when Marksmanship and Synchronized Consult over... Uh, say, uh, the barrel roll, the white barrel roll, uh, expert handling yeah, ex or something, expert, something like yeah. that. Uh, what we traditionally see really gets some movement out of that wolf with uh, four forward or hard three white and then a white barrel roll as well. Whew, could get that ship moving. But in this one, they must be taking a lot of locks, maybe. I guess if Axe be, I mean, gives them you a could lock. Be, you, could, you could be going marksman, like a, sorry, dedicated and synchronized. Oh no! You need the R4P. Dedicated is three points. Is it three? Yeah. Wow! Yeah, I, I assumed it was one. You're the Republic wow. player out of us. <laughs> well, he's yeah. obviously not putting dedicated. <laughs> yeah, not putting yeah. dedicated. Or if I am, I'm putting it on the two point V uh, Zs, yeah. and they only have three. So that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, I mean, Wolf has the same ability. More or less, he's just trading out that born for this for R4P, which really, man. Very, very valuable on those arcs. And then uh, the last two, as I said, were a pair of Y-Wings matchstick with ion turret and concussion bombs. That's the one that gets natural rerolls when they have red tokens. And broadside with ion cannon turret and thermal detonator. So going all in on those bombs for the Y-Wings. I think that such consistent pieces. The beef of this squad. Oh my word uh six health torrents eight health uh y wings and nine and ten health arcs yeah i also do love just like the squad composition of this list of two arcs two y wings and two torrents pretty pretty cool like uh, to you know two two buddies flying in their in their ships yeah. three, three little pairs of buddies yeah, I'm sad to see we don't, uh, or sad that we don't see as many viewings anymore. But man, the beef that those torrents bring, and of course the the evade for this, <laughs> yeah, oh, and the wirings, my word. The consistency of broadside and matchstick double modifying ion cannons every single uh, round. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine that he probably got a couple of consistent like, you're ionized, you're oh. ionized. Here's a bomb. Yeah. You're ionized. Here's a bomb. You're I ionized. Do, I do like, <laughs> like the, I get it. <laughs> the the thought of the thermal detonators on broadside. Normally I'd like go right for proton, but th with thermal detonators you get that extra long drop, so it's actually mm -hmm. easier. It might be easier to ionize somebody off the side and then have them hit the the farther bomb. And it would add more insult to injury is if the bomb on matchstick was ion bomb instead of concussion. Oof. No, they're already <laughs> ionizing. They already need damage. Getting a lot of yeah. Concussions so. are dangerous for some shit. Like some ships just don't care, but some ships. This list doesn't care. Like, this like, like V. Oh yeah, well. this list definitely doesn't care. But also, <laughs> uh, something interesting is that these concussions and the thermals have a chance to drop strain, mm, which true. is another easy way to, <laughs> yeah, another way to drop more ions. It is uh, worth yeah. noting though that um, he does have to be careful. Like, sure, this list has health so they can take their own bombs if necessary. 
but if you end up getting strained on born for the ships you can't use the born for this token if the ship is strained and a lot right. of people kind yeah, of forget yeah. the whole like when you get you yeah. born for this and then get strained when yeah. you do that yeah while you're strained you can't share your born for this token yeah the the, the born for this carrier cannot pass the token if they are strained Very true. Very true. Um, you're gonna you're gonna have to be particular <laughs> in those bomb drops. So, uh, though I'm pretty sure that it's like half a turret as well, right? Like if you you just like don't go behind Y wings if they got bombs. So. Ideally, you move around them so that like their most dangerous spot is their turret, right? So best bet is to try and engage and kill uh arcs and torrents and uh y wings if they present themselves i guess you want to get the four pointers and things with real three die guns out of there as soon as possible so that even if you're getting ioned and maybe bombed um the damage isn't actually enough to kill a ship true very true I have uh, one more list I want to give a special shout out to, uh, and that is Rob Smith went undefeated in Top Swiss, uh, Top of Swiss as well, uh, with a scum list. Ryan Ryan's just over it. He's like scum. I'm out. Uh, <laughs> 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 no, this, it's, yeah, so, Rob. That was, Great job. Uh, yeah. Uh, Rob Smith ended up 14, lost his first match in the top 16. But uh, the squad uh, is impressive to me uh, because it has a lot of weird things going on. Uh, we're starting with some normal stuff, which is Lima Kai, Plasma, R4B11, doing their best. Uh, saturation, Salvo, Impression there, where you spend another red token to make them reroll their dice to get that plasma torpedo to hit better that's pretty normal dirge uh, with cutthroat marksman proton canes and contraband cybernetics again pretty standard um, build there on a pretty uh popular pilot uh we also have dace bone arm that is the ionization hawk i don't think there's any ioni in this squad though so unless they brought some sort of gas clouds or something um dace is basically just uh, their ability is Moldy Crow, having that dice out the uh, the extra attacks out the front. Not extra attacks, extra attack arc out the front. And then uh, being able to hold on to those focus tokens. This one has shield upgrade and Lando Calrissian. You really double down on uh, those defense or offensive rolls. Spending one focus to reroll your blanks and then the other one to convert the rest of the eyeball results. Again, pretty standard, and but this is where it gets interesting, though. We have Manaroo with Cutthroat, Han Solo, Gunner, Overtune Modulators, and the Punishing One title. Uh, this allows them to always have a red focus if they need it, and they can even Overtune Modulators and get extra calculates coming into the first engagement and be able to uh, lock something for a good offensive punch the cutthroat if one of these ships 
gets destroyed, they can actually get that overtune modulators back or clear their stress, allowing them to Han Solo in uh, the engagement phase. So I guess you can't double focus. You can't focus in activation, then focus in engagement. But really what brings this whole squad together is Sarasu. Sarasu's got Cutthroat, Swarm Tactics, and Plasma Torpedoes. So take everything that I said about Manaru. But you're going to swarm Manaru up to five. Give your calculates to Sarasu so that she has a double modified Plasma and Torpedo. And then you have then Lock and a Han Solo Focus at initiative five. Uh, that's the, it's, of course it's scum, so it's kind of a Rune Goldberg machine. But that opening engagement could be terrifying. Three dice, uh, double modified from Dace, double modified Plasma, double modified Proton Torpedo, double modified Plasma Torpedo, and a double modified Punishing One attack as well. Uh, wow. Joust, like the best of them. Joust, better, or uh, as good, I'll say, as any of these Battle Over Indoor lists. So, I just love it. I love that Swarm Tactics bumping Manor up to get that Han Solo to engage better. The overtuned passing, uh, actually using Manru's ability. So interesting to me. Uh, guys, got any thoughts on the scum list? Is this the scum we should expect at Worlds? <laughs> you can see uh, anything at Worlds. This is the scum oh. that you shouldn't expect at Worlds. <laughs> I mean, because all, if you're, like, all of these pieces make this? sense to me. Like, like All of these pieces, I feel like, are like slightly above the curve for their price point. Maybe not Cerasu. Like, Cerasu might be the weakest link in there. But it has so, uh, but you, enough yeah. loadout, though, to run Swarm Tactics and Plasma Torpedoes. Yeah, Not to mention, if you don't know who Sarasu is, Sarasu gives defensive rerolls to everybody at range one. So, Manor is getting defensive rerolls. Dace could be getting extra defensive rerolls. Dirge, if they're in there jousting as well, with Sarasu, yeah. could Sar be getting Sarasu, defensive rerolls. Sarasu themselves could just having Sarasu be a annoying little uh, what what are the what are the ships called? They're the uh... M3As. The six M3As, yeah, whatever you want to call them. Just an annoying little four health ship out there that essentially has poor agility with that reroll. Is uh, yeah, and potentially triple calculate from those overtuned as well. Potentially, yeah, yeah, wow. very dangerous. Pretty impressive, pretty impressive. I just wish Manu had a second action, so they could hand out a token and then use Han Solo Gunner, like later on. Like they had like just like uh, there's like the one ship that I would just like would willingly take a calculate early on. <laughs> uh, to you Han Solo could later. maybe put. No. Uh, what's the what's what's the evade action? Uh, oh, debris gambit. A debris. Yeah. It's not large base. Oof. You're probably the correct choice. Probably correct. <laughs> uh, no... have, have you looked at this already? Is this something you've already? <laughs> uh. Not have the Han Solo. The Han Solo bumping manner up is very interesting. Like, that's the missing piece that I don't think I had put in this kind of combination before. Mm -hmm. We don't usually see Swarm Tactics a lot in Scum. So, no. it is it is very cool to see it being used to great I mean, effect. Top, top Swiss out of over 100 people. Great yeah. job, Rob. 
to be honest. Yeah, Great you, job. Yeah, if you. Yeah, Sarasu's five, Jerju's five, Lima's five, and getting Manaru or Dace up to five as well. Like I said, jousting like the best of them out there. Uh, so pretty interesting and tanky. They're all they're all no slouches with that reroll and extra defenses. Um, yeah, tokens Lima, Lima health. Yeah, Dirge being being also mean health. to people and yeah. Dirge's ability, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty interesting. So big shout out to Ram. Didn't didn't make it very far in the elimination rounds, but man, what an impressive day of Swiss. Got to be happy about that. Overall, uh, great to see people coming out, especially if they're traveling to Worlds. Um, you know, getting a lot of practice in um, with the battle over indoor. Uh, we do see quite a bit of it in here. We saw uh, at number sixteen, Adam Freeman got in with the list. I think you were describing the uh, battle over. Indoor B wings plus mm -hmm. Luke and then two three pointers. So uh, a lot of options uh, for there. There is a there was a Captain Hark as well. I there was. I can't even fathom <laughs> that. Uh, I got, uh, got uh, twenty. Uh, yeah, impressive. Is it? To say the least. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Awesome event. Good job. Yeah, it was. It was. Of course, it was. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, very very impressive showing for those players. Uh, great job to everyone who made the top sixteen, and great job to Sith Takers for what sounds to be a great event. Yeah, that was put on a great event. And um, there's there's very few events that just get resounding like big thumbs up, especially community events as well, right? Because uh, I think it, community events take a lot more effort because a lot of the time if you just put official tournament on yeah. something like people people will show up so you gotta uh a little bit more effort to get the community events um that uh popular um but yeah definitely definitely check out the oh, event on say, pattern uh, analyzer uh you said firecast firecast of focus was the one that covered the event this past weekend yeah definitely check out their twitch i don't know if they post it on youtube anymore but should be able to look at those games on Twitch. I'm going to be looking over because I want to see what's up with those Black Squadron Aces. <laughs> where where, and how? <laughs> Why? Why? Where? <laughs> all, all, the, all the questions. <laughs> all right. Well, let's uh, not wait any longer and jump right into our first order uh, game plan. I like that phrasing. So, great branding there because this is in first order. How, how you're going to win with first order. This is how you're going to beat first order when you see them across the table. Uh, Ryan, I know you put, uh, put through uh, a lot of these numbers and stuff, so I'll let you take the lead. All right, so the funny thing is, like, we had this set up probably about a month ago before, like, Endor spoilers, Endor spoilers, Endor points and loadout change points, and then Aerodome, and then finally we're back. So we did a Republic version of this a about a month ago, and I had numbers already prepped for first order, and the numbers changed a little bit. They actually kind of went up across the board. Um, but overall, the most common list archetypes you see in first order right now are going to be <clears throat> the five ship list of like two five pointers a four-pointer, and two three-pointers. Like, that's the most common breakdown. Amongst those pilots, you have Kylo uh, Whisper, 
uh, in in most common in the five point slot. Lehuse is the most common in the four slot. Malrus is the most common in the three slot. The only other two sort of flexing points that we we see at times is is the other five pointer Bonreg. Is it blackout? Is it quick draw? And for the three pointer, is it midnight? Is it DT? Is it Gaelic? Is it Scorch? There's a lot of other three-pointers in there. Um, the only other comp that has had a little... Uh, the next highest up, because there's a there's a big gap between that 5-5-4-3-3 version and the next version, which is the six-ship FO, where it's a five-pointer and five three-pointers. So your choice of Wylo, Bonreg, Blackout, Quick Draw, and then five three-pointers. Pick your five favorite three-point FOs. Might reasonably see like a Dread show up in there, just so you have a ship that can boost and like go bomb stuff and do objectives. But most of the time, it's like pick your five best TIE FOs. Um, amongst the First Order specifically, uh, we have... So Commander Malrus makes up about... 82.5% of first order. Wylo makes up about 62.5% of first order. They're the main ships that you should expect to see across the table from you if you're facing a first order list. So the next tier of that, you have Midnight that makes about 46.6% of FO, Lahue's 39.22% of FO, and Von Reg 35.7% of FO. Those are sort of the next levels to expect now obviously that all together makes one list Maurus, wylo midnight the hughes bonrek um so that, that that's your five five four through three is that the best version i don't know i i have other ones that i would probably prefer but in the grand scheme of things amongst like so if you're thinking you're going to worlds you're like how much should i expect to see fo overall right in the last points update First order overall since, since last points update. First order was taken up 11.77% of the meta since all the way back in June. Most commonly played archetype, as I said, is the five ship. That makes up about 34.31% of FO. So if you were to expect FO at Worlds, and if you were to expect uh the common variation of FO being the 55433. Three. Uh, that equates to 4% of the meta for all lists of that archetype that makes up since completely the last points update. Um, which means you might face one of those at Worlds out of 10 rounds of Swiss. Maybe one. Um, in the last three months, those numbers have increased are uh, increased a little bit in and decreased in some parts. In the last three months, FO has dropped a little bit in the overall meta to 11.69%. Still the same most commonly played archetype has gone up within that amount to almost 40%, so 39.13% of all FO played in the last three months is that 55433. So that's about 5% of the meta overall. So still, you might face one of those at work. You might not ever play FO in 10 rounds of Swiss, to be realistic. So, that's sort of the general math breakdown of that. So, I don't know, James, Will, any other things to add to those 
general statistics about the pilots, the composition lists, and what you expect to see at Worlds. Uh, uh, just doing a little funny point, haha, no two-pointer. Oh, yeah. Build <laughs> <laughs> list my, better, I guess. My, my question was going to be the, the exact opposite. Uh, did, what was the What's the breakdown for Kylo in there? The seven pointer. Did I miss that? Oh, like how often would you expect him to show up? Yeah. Uh, I can quickly get those numbers for you. Because they're, well, more of just like list composition, because I feel like once you bring in the seven pointer, you're almost. Oh, what are the common list compositions you see with that? Yeah, I feel like you almost have to go Kylo. Five, five, three. There's there's ten, and then three, three, four to get your other ten. Three, three, right? four. Okay. Yeah. So there's two. Little. It, so the most common overall has been, and this isn't a lot, mind you. So Kylo Silencer has come up only about 112 times. 112 lifts lists in total of the <laughs> entire first order. Um. It mostly has showed up in the effect of Kylo, Blackout, Rush, Malrus. So triple silencer Malrus. Okay. Um, I don't know how many times we have Cody Wood to thank for that, a local of mine who's been <laughs> playing that list for like ever. Sure, sure. But sure. it's a lot. I've, I've, no, Cody, okay, Cody's not the fair. only one. I see plenty of other people doing it yeah. other than him. Yeah, you could do, as you said, like Von Reg in there as the other five-pointer and... Um... If you only want two silencers, but basically going seven, three, five, five to round out yep. your list, but almost always. And then we also Kylo saw Malorus, I would imagine then. We also saw Doug how just win LVO with silencer, Kylo, Lahuse, Gaelic and DT and Malorus. So you have your five ship variation where you have a seven, four, three, three, three. Interesting. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I expect both. at least one of those to show up at Worlds because I don't think Doug is changing his list. <laughs> I mean, why? Least... Why now, right after eight months of practice with it? But I know and he's, doing I well know. at LVO. It's like he can just maximize its potential uh, at this point. Maybe. I'm sure he's eyeing those Battle of Yavin or Battle of Yavin Battle over Endor ships to see how they um, compare with oh. it. I assume knowing him, if he's eyeing anything, it's the Empire side. Well, that's Sutir, what I mean, like, and whatnot. Against, uh, against the FO, right? Oh, he has to be concerned about that, too. Sure. Yes. But anyways, uh, that's an interesting breakdown. They, they are definitely the most limiting faction of what they could do. Uh, or what no they twos could and no sixes. Right. Or eights or nines. The fewest numbers of any faction. Yep, but, but some but of those the numbers deep, are some so of the good. deepest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, but all of those numbers, all of them are good. True, very true. So um, we can move on to sort of will be our next section. Of, so if you're facing FO, you have to start to analyze what are their advantages and disadvantages in the four different scenarios right now. So you can start to know how to play against it, like. When is it at a disadvantage in certain scenarios? Does it have an advantage that you have to try and work around, right? So in Assault, advantage, most ships are independent. They don't rely on being in certain range bands of either of either of each other. They can split up 
and contesting and or getting assault satellites can be done relatively easy as long as you don't just send one thing to go to a point and then it just gets shot to death right just don't do that um so uh, unless you're running what we saw which was the uh the, the i7 swarm tactics train that's one of the only like close to being together with your friend type of thing that fo has other than the i guess you could have the swarm tactics quick draw and whirlwind just have to see a single tether which isn't too crazy um the disadvantage for assault uh there are no good large i mean there's no large base ships for uh fo and there's and the medium base ship the z shuttle is not good right now uh, their ability to cap is solely on their potential numbers of small bases. Common three-point ships in FO, though, can't really boost, though, so their movement is being limited to dial move and barrel roll, and those might not be enough to get where the FO player needs them to go. Uh, any other uh, things you want to add to advantage, disadvantage for assault for FO? No, I, I, I would just emphasize the the small base only faction is we, we occasionally see a Gideon, but uh, not, uh, not as often as just uh, other small bases in there. So that's something you could certainly capitalize on. Yeah. Okay. And then will, if you want to take chance, next, sure. I think that kind of rounds out assault there. Sure. So chance the single objective scenario here. Uh, their advantage is most of the ships are odd numbers. So in half, uh, they're giving up only uh, a single point. Those do three damage to Malarus, score a single point. A uh, lot of effort for not a lot of return. Uh, again, because they're mostly independent, they can uh, come in at different angles. They could uh, disperse when necessary, leave and uh, when they're hurt. So very good at that. The disadvantages they have in chance uh, is uh, essentially like their jousting output with a focus on debuffing. Sometimes getting kill points doesn't come as quickly. Uh, many of the ships have a low amount of health as well. Those four point uh, FO fighters that you're normally going to see a single shot could give up uh, half points. Two shots could get you all three points of them. So it could be uh, a potential to just lose points dropping quickly and quickly, uh, especially because they they don't have the advantage of just like going out and finding a single objective. Like Malaris loves to just like uh, do the action once. So in chance kind of has to go in and joust uh, where uh, most, I think lists are like looking at that opening engagement damage output fo really is kind of looking like long term uh, which could be a detriment in chance yeah it did look like a lot of the uh fo list that did good in sith taker actually did have a lot more front uh front loaded damage on on the engage there was less of the mag pulse heavy list near the top but you do commonly see mag pulse heavy fo in a majority of the meta for fo lists so being that mag pulse is normally has a lot of good utility for multiple scenarios and neutering the offense back at you to help keep your list around, it can slow down your progress and chance. Very true. All right, James, what about salvage? 
All right. Uh, advantage on salvage for the FO. That Magpulse missile, that Magpulse warhead, is the FO just does it best. Just hands down. It knocks boxes off. Right. Knocks socks off. Knocks your, knocks your socks off. Knocks your box off. Uh, <laughs> uh, these FO bring that Magpulse so well. And... Uh, a lot of them just bring it normally, not not even if you're just trying to take it for salvage. Uh, they also have a cheaper, higher and agility ships uh, that have a better chance to hold on to the box while still having fast dials so they don't need their uh, repositions, which they can't do with their carrying a box. Uh, also, Malaris is just a great crate carrier being able to spend their charge to convert off focuses and be way more tanky than they have any right to be uh, for two rounds a game uh, that being said uh, they do still have some disadvantages uh, besides Malaris most of their ships really want their actions to provide uh, to output damage and to actually defend themselves even uh, Wylo or even Silo with the Force really does not want to pick up a box and limit their repositions or their jamming possibilities until the very the, the very end of the game where they can close it out by just pick, picking up you know a couple boxes to get their last points. So uh, they really love their actions. I think maybe uh, you know on par more, more than most other factions do. They really need their actions to do uh, their thing. So definitely uh, try to force engagements where, uh, for, force early engagements on them where they either pick up a box or they uh, they take their action. They take their, you know, their, their lock or their, their boost jam, whatever it may be. Uh, force them to pick up a box or lose their action. Uh, but o overall, I think salvage is a good scenario for them. Yeah, it's good to have like cheap ships that you're happy for them to pick up boxes and really good at knocking them off. And great, yeah. It has so so many different options for that Magpulse. All of the Thai Barons love to take the Magpulse just because it's it works so well with the chassis. And uh, even even Malaris likes to take that uh, that Magpulse when you don't want the cluster. Uh, Our back. last one. Uh, yeah. Are you still more on salvage? Nope, nope. I was gonna, I was going to send it back to you. All right. Uh, so our, the last scenario: scramble. Uh, an advantage FO has uh, the average initiative value in FO pilots that are taken in common FO lists are much closer to five or higher across all ships, right? Like, you can assume if you see an FO list across from you, there's a good chance every ship in that list is I fire above. The only outlier in that normally is DT, because he's I-4, uh, or the occasional Whirlwind next to a quick draw, who's essentially going to be I-6 shooting. But for the purposes of your actions, it's important for scramble because it allows those ships to press buttons after maybe an opposing ship has already pressed a button meaning they've wasted their action to press a button and you get to use your action to essentially 
to uh, to take it back, and you get the point, and they don't. Uh, they can do other things like a tie BA can take their stranger to plead to bear roll and then press the button. Uh, so, or Malrus, we've already talked about a nauseum. Roll up, press button, use drugs, right? Use her charges. Uh, so, Glitterstim, yeah. Gotta, it's, it's, uh, it don't rolls off the tongue do drugs, children. Yeah, don't, don't actually, yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> in the comics, you can read, he does uh, Glitterstim. <laughs> which is a form of Star Wars fictional space drugs. They're completely fiction. Do not do real drugs. Those are bad for you. Anyway. Um, uh, Disadvantage-wise, uh, a lot of FO, as we talked about, for salvage, really do need their actions to provide the offense or defending themselves or enact the plan they want to. And by that, I mean, like, take locks for mag pulses, jams, jamming Kylo or Kylo jamming things, to stop uh, a, a Luke from having a target lock, you know? So, I mean, there are situations where, yes, those other actions are going to be better than scrambling. But there are also some times where you like you plan, like, I'm going to go up and press the scramble button. But then suddenly, two or three ships show up with their arcs pointed at you, and you go, uh-oh, that's not what I planned on. And you're sitting there like, well, I can't really press this button because I have to live so you don't get to press the button. Maybe, maybe Wylo can, but Wylo sure is not a fan of just relying solely on his force for defense at times and not having any offensive output if you're sitting without a bullseye shot and don't have a focus for your concussion missile. Not ideal. Um, any other notes on Scramble from you two? Now that all makes sense to me, uh, I would say before we go on to the next phase, what would we commonly say is FO's best objective? I, it's it's got to be between salvage or scramble, right? They don't have the base size for assault, and they not all their ships have boosting to get the speed for assault talked about chance how like they may fall behind in the damage race on opposing ships because they just uh neuter stuff at times and some of their lists can't push the necessary damage through so i think they want to get points elsewhere it's just a matter of is salvage better because they can both knock box off and hold them relatively well or is it scramble because the average initiative is so high in first order I like that. that. That's true. They are traditionally big orange. So easy to press the buttons against other factions. I don't know. If each of you were playing FO and had to pick one scenario you could play, which would it be? Yeah, for, well, I was running six ship, I guess, for a long time. But for me, it was always scramble. Or, uh, sorry, <laughs> salvage. Uh, because uh, the... Uh, you could relatively like grab a box and then just fly away and rely on that. Um, the, the cheap FO platform, the, the FO fighter platform to carry the box. And if they chase it down with something more expensive, then you're kind of still trading up for it. So to me, it was always salvage. But again, though, I was bringing Magpulse. Maybe they have fallen out of fashion as for what we were looking at for the Sith takers. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree. 
I think salvage is a solid choice for uh, for those uh, for the FO. Just like in general, I think salvage is a solid choice for them. Cool. Let's take a look at obstacle placements then. I think I can put these up. Give me a second here, Brian. I'll, yeah, sure. I'll, get these I'll, I'll start saying overall with obstacle placement, FO is not as deterministic as we hit with Republic because Republic has featured commonly two to three ARC 170s, which can barrel, sure, but don't like to. And they're medium bases, and if there's multiple of them and they want to stay near each other with, with selfless, it's uh, it, it's not easy to move around the board. And if you make it more difficult with obstacles, then, you know, it's 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 going to be a lot easier to uh, um, mitigate them. Whereas First Order, they have some relatively maneuverable ships. They have fast dials. They have all small base ships, effectively. Um but uh, there are certain areas where obstacles can be more effective against them. Um, and uh, let me know when you have those images up. And I think there's sort of two separate categories. I've, I've, I've siloed these sort of obstacle generalization areas that work best. Uh, one deals with if the list features mostly ships without boost. Um, and then the other is if the least list features uh, more ships with boost or and or ace type ships. Like so, are you going up against the sort of uh, the the six, six ship FO where there's only probably one ship that can boost? Are you going up against the five ship FO where two things can boost and the rest can't? Um, are you going up against um, the uh, triple silencer or triple I five plus Malrus? Like there's different game game plans and obstacles that probably affect some more than the other i got the first one up so this first one here uh, blue player is the top of the board being fo player and you are the red player at the bottom of the board so when you're going up against lists that mostly feature those tie fo's they don't have boost they need to they, they sure they have speed on their dials but they also don't want to necessarily um like have to weave through uh, rocks to get their engaged because it starts to isolate them. So um, I think what you want to do is crowd that sort of range three to four band on their side of the board. So uh, from their board edge. So that gets close to being in between their deployment and the center objective. And you space them out about range one to range one and a half from each other. And you make this sort of like fence line in a way that says most of the TIE FO's speeds are going to have to be three to five if they want to get past these by the time they engage, which limits which type of moves they want to do. Or if they do want to go a little slow and they go fast, it's likely going to be a straight move or a very predictable three speed move if they want to engage between or past those rocks, whether it's on the sides or in the middle. They go in the middle because the rocks are so tight next to each other. That's where you start to get some isolations where maybe only one FO is going through each one at a time. They're all moving up the, the board on a, on a line horizontally the same, but now they're not all as easily together pointing their arcs and stuff. So those tend to inhibit more TIE FO featured lists. Whereas um, 
Oh, unless if you guys have more comments for this before we go to the second image for our obstacles for the more AC styles. Either you two have got experiences no, against that's... FO that has obstacles that seem to work good for you other than, than what I mentioned as well. No, I, think, I think that makes sense, yeah. All right, Will, uh, when you got that other one up, let me know. I got it right here now. Got Ooh. it right now. So, uh, same thing. Blue player is FO. Red player is you. Top of the screen, FO. Bottom screen uh, is you. For people who are colorblind may need to know which one. Anyway, um, so basically, when you're facing those AC ships, assuming you aren't as AC as them, or want to block off a very specific area, a general rule of thumb, almost against any list I have, is if you are mostly deploying before your opponent and you are less AC or maneuverable or you want to limit their flanks, you want to crowd one, one half of the board. And not like your half, their half, more like left side, right side. Making it as asymmetrical as possible to make it very clear like, there's a side that's more clear, but as long as you know they don't want to joust you, it's hard for them to just line up across from you. And if they want to start trying to flank you and move around you, they got to move around more obstacles that are on your flank. So ideally in this image, you are a better capable jousting list. And make sure you know that you are the better jousting list, because if you're not the better jousting list, then you're going to have a problem. Because then they're just going to line up across from you and it's not going to matter. Uh, in most cases in FO, if it's a more ACFO, you probably are the better Jousty list. Um, assuming you're like Resistance or Rebel or uh, Republic, the common Jousty stuff. So you would most likely set up in the bottom left-hand corner-ish of the map. And a lot of the left side of the map and the top left-hand corner, because a lot of the... A lot of opponents won't put rocks on their own side. They'll shove them to your side to limit some of your approaches. So that means most likely your the entire top left-hand corner of the board from this image would be generally clear, whereas the bottom of your air deployment area and the right side, because you've cluttered it, is now filled up. So it limits the flanks, it limits the long reach arounds to get behind you, and it kind of says, all right, if you're going to stay here on the left side of the board, I got all this space to try and find you, and I will run you down to catch those aces. Or you're going to have to weave through all these obstacles to get a good flank on. Might take another turn, which might be the turn you need extra before their ace comes around at you. Hmm. That's true. I like that. And again, both of these, I, not very strict to where, where these obstacles have to go. You don't have to make these slight curves. They could be more linear. They could be slightly to the left or right or up and down. You know, Generally, you're cluttering a side of the board. That makes sense, yeah. Either uh, In both situations, trying to guide some of those aces into uh, a more advantageous spot for yourself. Yeah, ideally, most of the objectives don't exist in that large rock field that you're trying to clutter up. Like you want, if you're the Jousty list, you want the objectives to be in the open area so that your opponent has to decide, well, 
I have to do these objectives, but they're also in the open area where it's easier for those jousty ships to find me. So that's the decision making you want to put on your opponent. Very true. Uh, the uh, obstacle placements um, always tricky against any squad because um, obviously they could they could disrupt this if they start to see what you do. But uh, it's it's good to have a game plan going into it uh, so you can get some sort of advantage against them. Uh, anything else, Ryan? Um, nothing more for obstacles, James. Did you have anything to add to obstacles, or are we moving on to target priority? No, I, th I think the obstacles make sense. I think you hit it pretty well. Uh, I guess the right. uh, my only question would be, obviously, you can't change your obstacles before you uh, meet, uh, like, the FO, right? Uh, but is there obstacles that FO don't like? Um... It's weird because, I mean, they probably don't like rocks, right? They have to go over rocks. They don't have as high of a health pool. They're going to take real damage on their ships. And because most of their lists don't feature boosty ships, uh, big rocks, probably good. Uh, as long as you are not, say, a Republic player featuring two to three Arc 170s or a Rack player in Empire that already doesn't want to bring rocks. I'm not bringing rocks just to fight FO. Well, more but so as an example, like... okay. if, if you are a rack player and you brought gas clouds, that could still be weaponized a bit because if stuff starts locking your rack, you could actually just fly through a gas cloud, not care, but break True. all the locks on you. It's a pretty good trick. Um, you, I mean, debris is probably at, for some of them, the least effective because some of these ships have proud tradition and they don't care. They'll take a 50-50 on the one point. damage, yeah. fly through it, and still get their focus if they need to. There's a few less ships bringing Proud Tradition these days, but I think the most common is um, Lahuse. If you take the non-Barrage Rocket version, you take the Pattern Analyzer Proud Tradition Lahuse. That's very reasonable, too. Interesting. Just trying to get in the thought process of, like... Uh, uh, where you should be putting your obstacles versus maybe stealing some of the FO's obstacles uh, to be putting them in different places. So, uh, but I, mean, I think, Will, you oh, probably played more FO recently than I have. What If you were bringing FO, what rocks would you bring with your list? If you were taking, like, if you're talking about the side of, like, oh, what do they have available that I could use against them, which theoretically they shouldn't bring something that can be used against them, but it depends on what's playing on the other side of the board, too. Um, if I have proud tradition, debris. If I don't, like medium, small rocks. I try not to mess with gas clouds because they're so lock dependent, because they have better actions than just focus most of the time. They're linking them into things like that. So I'll try to stay away from gas clouds as well when I, when I fly first order. So I, I would assume a mix of like medium to small asteroids and debris. Unless they're bringing yeah, large rocks, out. I guess they could bring large rocks defensively, but it's not normally, not what I would assume, anyways. Uh, what's the yeah? What, another 
category you want to cover as well? Yeah. La last category is our target priority. Mm -hmm. So when you go up against an, a first order list, what should you be targeting? What should you destroy on your opponent's side to more likely gain you victory? It's kind of simple. Kill the five pointers and Lahuse. You may not get all three, but you should try to get two of those out of out of the three, assuming it's a five five four three three list. I mean, there are the variations that we talked about, where maybe Silo exists, and then that is a more of like a seven four three three three, and that one you can more reasonably still want to threaten Kylo Silencer, but it may be more difficult to get him. So, compromising with going try and get Lahuse and two threes still nets you ten points. Um, but yeah, you need to if if you're looking at the most common list composition of an FO. You need to be trying to th really threaten both of the five pointers, at least one of them, and then make sure you go get Lehuse. Lehuse is probably the, the most common trade piece in FO. Most FO players should assume that if they go into a game, Lehuse is probably going to die. You just want him to trade well on the way out. They want to try and make sure that uh, their five pointers don't get killed easy. Those are the ships that need to hang around to win games so your job to going up against fo is to really target one of those five pointers and kill hughes if you can kill both five pointers big bonus time malrus is generally always a trap if she's there to shoot she's there to shoot if you got no one else to shoot whatever and there are times where malrus can just die too like if she does take a scenario action and then doesn't have an evade with her ability. She, like, blanks still hurt her, just like any other TIFO. True. So, not that you're not allowed to shoot the three-pointers. You just should be actively targeting the five-pointers in the Hughes. That makes sense to me. Don't don't ever shoot Mallorus. <laughs> don't, don't waste any resources shooting uh, a stemmed-up Mallorus. James, any other uh, opinions on target priority? Or uh, I just kind of line up. I always get caught in the trap of shooting Mallory. It's just so juicy. <laughs> like, all right, it's yeah. all by itself. <laughs> yeah, that single. Yeah, that single oh. FO coming at me range two. Yeah, let's blast. Yeah, him. let's get him. Let's get <laughs> him. And then he comes like, out with. What a he comes out like with I like said, shield down. It's like it's not wow. that you're not allowed to shoot Malrus, <laughs> but if you have the option to shoot Malrus or Lahuse, you should be shooting. Lahuse. Oh, for sure. Yeah, but. I mean, I think a, a solid FO player is not gonna is gonna feed you Malarus, and you're gonna like it, <laughs> and he's gonna come at, at, from another ang another angle with Lahus. True. Yeah. But uh, yeah, d definitely don't d don't fall for the trap. Uh, you will not destroy Malarus. You'll take one shield off after like four attacks, and you'll just be sad. So. <laughs> to do anything else <laughs> no, i guess to maybe make it a little more specific right so let's each go through some of the factions we expect to see at worlds like simply if you're flying empire you should probably make sure kylo dies first because that jam highly affects yeah. vader it highly yes. affects tomax it highly affects Wreck. a lot 
of Empire ships. Rack losing his so range if you're flying Empire, yeah, for, for sure, Rack. Rack would hate to see Wylo <laughs> his range Like, not even Maurer's needing to shoot the mag pulse at him to get Yeah. Right? <laughs> so, um, Empire's number one target priority when facing FO should probably be Wylo. Unless the, ja the bond reg just ends up showing up and just is in your arcs. But yeah, Wylo should be killed if you're in Empire. Empire's got good ways to do it. Vader, starter Vader can get all his actions and instead of spending his focus on his attack, he could spend his force. And then Wylo's sitting there with two agility, sometimes against an Ion missile at range three. And then Ion Wylo is super sad. True. Yeah, if you, yeah, definitely take your protection locks if your your insurance locks, whatever you want to call them. If if you are flying high initiative, whatever. Yeah, safety locks. Safety locks, yeah. Uh, Will, if you were flying, pick pick a faction. What would be your target priority in FO when you're facing it? Uh, I'm gonna say rebels, and I feel like um, anything that uh, is moving slow. So those SFs in particular, uh, they don't have the boost like the whispers. They don't have the double reposition of um, the the uh, the BAs. Uh, so being able to just line up and joust them and take one out, I feel like is uh, the play. If they're if they don't have any SFs, if they have potentially a lot of FOS or maybe a low initiative silencer like Rush. Uh, you have to just be alpha striking something or initiative destroying something as soon as possible. Take something off the board. So if that's DT or Scorch, focus in on those. Even though you don't really want to be shooting the three-pointers, but if you can take a shot off the board, normally that's going to be more beneficial for Rebels than it is for uh, just to like trade with a different I-5. Yeah, if I was flying Republic, uh, definitely depending on what kind of Republic it was, but if it, let's just say clones, because that's the most popular at the moment, uh, probably a pretty similar thinking style there of take what I know that I can get, like an SF or maybe uh, something like Scorch or DT, where I, I know that it's going to have a more predictable dial. Uh, it's going to be hard to take out those those faster ships that can get behind you more easily. And maybe you just take, you know, a tax of opportunity when you get them. I think for Republic, it's hard to catch a Von Reg or sometimes... Oh, well, Wylo doesn't have double reposition and Wylo, like, still he, he isn't super thrilled about repositioning if he's still in multiple arcs, like... The thing with Republic is that it has a lot of arcs that can point, point at stuff. At least three. And it can kind of corral and bully some things to not be there, or otherwise they're going to take real damage. So yeah. you get a better corralling effect with those. But yeah, I think I think LaHue's sense of being the common one. It's like, it's the thing that'll probably show up that kind of has to joust. So that'll, that'll be the thing <laughs> I kill. And then like, whatever five-pointer accidentally shows up in front of me. Or that I could get to show up in front of me, whether it's Wylo or Bob. <clears throat> uh, for resistance, 
uh, it's probably similar on the thought process. Like you bully Bonrag or Wylo to just you're not allowed to be in front of me for very long. So you should probably leave. If you don't leave, I'm still going to point where you should not be. So if you're still there, goodbye. I'm going to shoot you. Or I'll get Lahuse because he, again, he has to show up in a very predictable manner. He's not boosting. He's just got a barrel roll. And he's just, he's just, an, he's basically just next swing. He's going to show up. He's going to throw damage. So I can find him so I can kill him too. It's, it's the opportune five pointer and Lahuse. It's like Empire, I think, was the very specific one of like, you need to kill Wylo. Uh, yeah. And also, I mean, with with resistance, it may be uh, somewhat easier to just kind of like see how the chips fall in that first engage to see if maybe you've lined up a couple of your big shots. So for example, your heavy laser cannons or your proton torpedoes or your ray onto something and see if you can focus fire that thing. Probably gonna be Malarus though. <laughs> so, uh, did we did uh, we cover all the well I guess that's, that's all the main points. We went through some the of the numbers uh leading into worlds. We went through uh basic expectations of the ships you're going to see within FO, uh, some advantages and disadvantages in the scenarios, uh, some obstacle placement guidelines, and target priority guidelines. Unless there's anything else you guys want to add to all that, most of my stuff. I liked your thought about um, like just the precautionary. If, if they can jam you, especially if they can jam... Act, jam action. Mag policy really can't prevent them from doing it. But if they have jam actions, and this I guess count, counts for Reapers too, that you have to get those insurance locks. Like, do not forget to uh, be able to save yourself. Uh, we're talking uh, your I6s like uh, Vader. Uh, Vader's Vader. a big one. Oh, Vader needs that protection lock. Yeah, especially uh, you if you it. go Boy Vader. Heaven forbid you lose your Boy Vader lock. Um, mm. And you can't get it this round. You yeah, like round two, like are, the time that like you really yeah. <laughs> need to make an impactful shot. Yeah. So def definitely find a way to either come in fast from out of nowhere with something like that, but definitely have your protection locks and that may mean you may, you may need to set up a little bit differently or have an right. idea of how you want to set up with going against fo because you won't have if you need your protection locks most ships don't have reposition lock actions right so uh, definitely think about that going into the game maybe don't you know don't go into automatic setup for my you know turn in Maybe you you set up for you set up straight to make sure that you go into a certain lane. Yeah, I'm trying to think of Brian. Is there anything else that you could do, like uh, to guard yourself? I mean, beyond the jam, stay, stay out of bullseye because they they get bullseye jam range two on the whispers. Mm -hmm. True. I think find ways to not make your 
like it's it's tough per faction because if you're flying arcs, it's probably very reasonable to find where that ship is going to go to plan out like a whispers bullseye for jamming purposes for Wylo. Um, but do what you can, I think, to not be super predictable in what specific maneuver you're doing. In that, uh, if you're approaching some obstacles in front of you, if there's one clear move that you're going to do, otherwise it's a mistake or very detrimental. Whether it's, I am now going to take much longer to get around this rock area because I, I did a different move, or I'm going to land on a rock, bad. If you're left with one move to do, that, became, that becomes extremely easy for Malrus to plan on what you're doing, to maybe even if Malrus has to move first, do a fast enough speed to move up and block you, or for Wylo to just put his bullseye at you so he doesn't have to reposition for it. He could focus and then jam, right? Because that's what he would ideally want to do. Yeah, or... Or yeah, like like Ryan's saying, force the whispers to, uh, or just really all the FO ships in general, force the 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 ships to into reposition jams if they if they really want it, because at least that way they don't have a token either. True. Yeah, Kyle's got to rely on that force, and he has a limited resource for him. Doesn't have yeah. that juicy hate. The, like Vader does <laughs> to get it back. I mean, he has malice, but it's much less. You should reliable. be running concussion missile for malice. I'm gonna say it right here. My official, my official statement. <laughs> <laughs> uh, stop running malice. Get a rear arc concussion missile, please. I'd even sell it for magpuls on your Kylos. Something. You do, you do need that that rear missile, but three die missile because. Uh, there's nothing sadder than Kylo doing a big bullseye shot, turning away, and then being real nothing sad like because he has a two die. Yeah, not doing damage, which could be an advan uh, advantageous thing as well if you're facing off against FO, uh, blocking them so they can't be doing these linked oh, yeah. actions is very important. So, yeah. being able to, because they have. Uh, traditionally big orange, right? They're all like, all <laughs> five I5, or above. Yeah, uh, they're only bringing like seven to five pilots, seven G's. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, that you can't block them pretty easily, um, or yeah, like, and they, and they consistently. Do, they do hate being blocked, like as you said, because if they you don't get their jams, they don't get yeah. their locks that they need. No, uh, oh man, Ty Barons hate being blocked. Oh, yeah, they lose out on. So many actions. things. Yeah. So, uh, that would be if you can uh, block them. So if you have to, uh, as Ryan was saying, like use your obstacles, guide them in in very specific lanes, and then try to get in front of them. If you can do something like that, where they got snap or jag, something with low initiative to jump in in front of them to disrupt that. Um, otherwise, I mean, we do expect FO to be at Worlds, uh, yeah. and in honestly, what, most tournaments. What did you, what'd you say, Ryan? You should see. Uh, I mean, by the numbers. The uh, so overall, they're about twelve percent of the meta. So, there you go. In terms of any FO list, you're probably likely to see one of them. In terms of the specific list composition, still. Of Five five four three. Even though it's the most common, um, it still only makes up 
about 5% of the overall. So almost half of the FO lists are its most common composition. But um, you'll still likely only see one FO list the entire day of War of Swiss, assuming you play Cut Okay. Yeah. And they and they do they do have middling performance, so they they will they will be in, you know, cuts. What do you, what do you mean by middling? Like, as far as like cut rate goes, like them making cut. So, making cut is probably not the metric I would go for um, for this for prepping for worlds because it's top sixteen out of like two to three hundred people. Um, it's more yeah, so the percent. Really, you can cut it to the second day. I guess. So the percentile is what you really want to look at. That's a number where it's like the common percentile in FO is somewhere around at most average percentiles end up somewhere around 50% because it's, it's a 0 to 100. And um, basically, if there was 100 people in Swiss in your list had a 52 percentile right it would be ranked around 48th it's kind of reverse like take your percentile subtract it from 100 that's what your like average ranking of that list would be so right now fo is just kind of floating a little bit around 50 maybe a little bit above it um and there's not a lot of lists that are like massively like high percentiles otherwise everyone would be playing it um, and you got to watch out when you look at data that if you only look at percentile numbers that you also look at the count and how often it's been played. Cause you could find something that's like got a 90 percentile, but it's been played twice. Like that's yeah. not a real data point. Um, but there are, yeah, there so are like more or less that go get closer to like 60% percentile, which are going to be some of your most popular. Now, obviously we don't have a lot of concrete data. Uh, because we just got new loadout update and new and new packs for Endor. So all we have to go off of is what we've had for the past year and then some of our assumptions based upon what the loadout points have done and what Endor has done. Yeah, for sure. Um, I would also say that uh, just you know looking at those numbers, uh, with only 12% of the field, which is the third least, uh, only Scum and CIS behind them, uh, they do have a pretty like they you know, they they squeeze out ahead of Empire as far as performance goes. So that smaller field of lists do perform better on average than Empire does, and Empire is bringing the second most. Uh, yeah, number it was funny, lists. though, at STO, uh, the insights on that, kind of looping back to it, uh, Empire was... They must have updated it, because... There are 15% of the lists that are unknown, so oh, that, wow. that, that yeah. it couldn't parse. So yeah, people the, are the like, throw, throwing stuff in there. On, <laughs> the faction distribution on, on STO was a lot more, like heavy weighted towards rebel resistance and fo and republic were all highly ahead of empire at mm. sto the last time i looked at these stats so i don't know if they're just starting to fill in more of their lists because they were missing quite a bit yeah i'm not 100 percent on that that's a good question yeah. i i just know that there were a ton of 
uh, un unparsable lists. So. Use your Las Yasby links, everybody. Come on. Yeah, Yasby links. Come on. <laughs> Not launch bay. Okay, Yasby. well, we, we like the launch bay, but <laughs> we appreciate the Yasby. You know what I mean? Yeah, especially as 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 a streaming team, uh, Yasby just works so much better with the accepted streaming platform of Yasso. True. Launch bay. Get a, get get us a streaming overlay, and we'll we'll put you at number one spot. But I think we're hitting our time for tonight. Uh, very exciting to see uh, the results of a major tournament. Uh, get us in that mindset of what we should be looking for uh, in the coming uh, competition. I think we're down to twenty two days before. Adepticon is what the the website told me. So very exciting for that. Give me a lot of X-Wing to be played there. Uh, of course, we'll be there Thursday for the LCQ. Uh, or starting Thursday, and then we'll be there all weekend uh, up until that tap cut. Uh, so very excited to come. Say hi. And if not, join us on twitch say hi in there as well should be a great time for now though we're getting out of here uh stay safe stay smart gold squadron out thank you to iso danko baffle trojan prophet shadow tycho spice raider lancer fallen row six 626 chief and j list our grand admiral patrons and all of our Gold Squadron patrons and community members, thank you for your support. Gold Squadron, out.